How we doing, fitties? It's Matty Boy Whitmore, one half of Fit of Food with Keris Marsden. How do? How do? Episode 96, guys, and we should probably kick off by saying Happy New Year because this is our first podcast of 2018. Um, hope you all, all had an absolute cracker of a time. Uh, we certainly did, didn't we? We did. Plenty of uh, chillaxing, let our air down a little bit. Enjoyed a few treats here and there, <laughs> plenty of family time, no alarms in the morning, which was heavenly. But we got up early anyway, didn't we, in the end? We often do. Oh, well, yeah, but we were still, we were still getting, I suppose we were still getting up early by most people's standards, yeah. but for, for us it was quite a novelty not being woken up by an alarm noise, but instead just waking up of our own accord. It's so hard this time of year, though, because... My in the summer I'm like up and out with the dog and it's yeah. like you wake up you see the sunshine and whatever and you're just out whereas now it's not light and I remember someone moaning to me in the summer saying oh it's getting light at five o'clock in the morning this does my head in it keeps waking me up and I was like no it's bliss and we're like no we love it yeah but now when it's not light until what's well, been like coming on for eight o'clock some mornings hasn't it mm. and I've um, really kind of switched my routine around I've started working when I get up which isn't the healthiest thing necessarily to do. A lot of people say get up, meditate, well, ease yeah, into your it's, day. It's each to their own, isn't it? Like I'm, I'm a, I'm very much a morning person, as you know. Like I get up really early, you know, and and I actually quite enjoy my my first two hours of the day working because yeah, it's yeah. like the rest of the world's asleep. It's quiet. It's just me, my coffee, my laptop. Well, you, you know, and you, and, and you I, influenced me on that in that sense because I thought why don't I try that and I did it last year when we had some really tight deadlines I'd be getting up at five and I'd just get straight to work and they do say um have you heard the saying is it if you've got to eat a frog make it the first thing you do and if you I think that's something I think that's the same well I've got to say I've never heard of that before (laughs) like whatever your worst task of the day is to do Mm. do it as soon as you wake up and if you've got to eat two frogs eat the biggest one first I think that's the saying so like do and and so Someone said that to me and I thought, actually, that this kind of wake up in the morning, I'm going to use it to nail the task that I procrastinate about in the day. And it's made me really effective. So like you, I'm getting up at five and then I know I've got this two hour window, two and a half hours before it actually gets light to get out with the dog. And that's when I, I'm cracking on doing some studying, studying biochemistry at that time in the morning, which weirdly you're really, like you said, yeah, but then you, you, you're so effective. Then you want to tell me about it and I'm like, <laughs> Please, it's not even seven a.m., girl. Sometimes calm I, down. I get so excited, I shout down the stairs. Matt, Matt you've got to listen to this. Can't I see? The thing is, though, but being being the good partner that I am, I understand the importance of like you know when you're learning these things. Like it's really helpful when you can repeat it to somebody. You know, so you know, I I endure it. I got a clue what you're talking That's about. That's not true because I'm learning so much about fitness. And nutrition for fitness, as in the biochemistry of it. Now, don't get me wrong. Not that I'm radically changing that much. Most of it's nice because I think, well, that's what I already do or you already do or that's what we already recommend to all our fit foodies. But you come across these kind of gems of information Mm. like, um, (laughs) did you know the more kind of endurance work you do, the more you upregulate an enzyme called glycogen synthase, which if you break it down, glycogen, which is what? Stored... Energy, stored glucose. Absolutely, in the muscle. Synthase, it sounds like synthesize. So it's mm-hmm. an enzyme that basically makes... So you improve your ability, if you do endurance exercise, to store more glycogen, which then... Loads of micronutrients are needed for this, by the way, especially B6. But that means that then you don't need to be one of the people who has to carb load and then eat before you train. 
So I learned all this stuff and... At five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I told you. So you benefited because... Oh, yeah, definitely benefited. Not that yeah. you carb load anyway. So I think, you know, if I... You like so to... saying, saying I endure it was the wrong word, really, because that almost sounds like I don't want to, if you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But that's not the Maybe case. Maybe not at that time in the but morning. But just, yeah, if I had a preference, I'd probably say, I'll tie it. We'll talk about this later. Yeah. You could tell me all about it. <laughs> I was trying to tell you about the carnitine shuttle this morning. You were trying to brush your teeth. And I was like, did you know? I um, just nod. Because I, I know it's helping you, you see. Yeah. Interesting. I'll tell you what. Let me tell everyone what I was telling no, no. you. The, I'm going to tell the listeners what I was telling you about carnitine. Oh, I'm going to make a brew then. It's it's, <laughs> <laughs> but basically shuttles fat into the mitochondria, which is the kind of powerhouse. It's called the powerhouse of the cell. It's a bit cheesy, but it's where we kind of convert it into energy. Mm-hmm. And the best food source is what you got. It, you got it right. But best source of food source of carnitine. Meat. Yeah, red meat basically. So, oh, but what was it? Was it not in? Uh, white meat yeah like so not poultry. so much in lean meats so actually and the reason this is important is if you can't burn fat stores kind of in between meals uh, you might end up with blood sugar issues so blood sugar levels go too low or you might not be able to do like low carb diets you may not be able to have that kind of flexibility so we should be able to burn fat and basically the, the ability to burn fat in between meals also helps us balance our blood sugar levels because mm-hmm. can be it helps us kind of generate glucose as well keep it stable and carnitine Red meat is one of the richest sources, is a big part of that, and a lot of people are carnitine deficient, which, again, I knew that, but then you, ju- you just listen to it again, you go, I should be eating more red meat, that was my takeaway. Well, I do, I do nag, say you nag me to eat more oily fish, Yeah. I, I nag you, well, actually, I did treat you to a nice steak you the did, other day. and I, we... I really enjoyed it, actually, yeah, yeah. it's good grass-fed steak. And other sources are things like tempeh, which is something that nobody really ever eats, unless you're a, a good veggie, good good vegan maybe, and avocados, but it's a really small amount and lots of people that are focusing on lean meats. So if you're doing like, you know, this is kind of your gym world for me, that it's turkey, it's cool. chicken, it's whey, then mm-hmm. not, there's not much quantity. And don't just go out there and take a supplement either. No, don't what. do that. Big question I have is, if you look at carnitine supplementation, we will get onto the I've actual got a topic. Carnitine supplementation ranges in price, like ridiculous amounts. I need to get Tommy on the scene. I know different types of carnitine for different uh, use for different things supplementally, mm. as in nutrition. So some is good for memory and brain health, used for Alzheimer's, and some is more for kind of fat burning. But it's all about energy. Yeah, but the whole fat burning thing's a bit... No, so it's only if you've got a carnitine deficiency mm. is it going to be relevant. You can make carnitine from amino acids so if you had enough protein and other amino acids give you like a homemade recipe there like yeah, yeah. <laughs> turmeric no. with a bit of bicarb soda yeah, yeah. <laughs> get it down or mash some tempeh into a bit of avocado <laughs> and then put a steak on top carnitine actually know, i always remember you... poliquin charles poliquin's a big fan so i don't ever say it in my head as carnitine i say it as carnitine Carnadine. Carnadine. He, he, he's got a that's funny how, ways of saying many Carnadine. things, that guy. Carnadine. Joe, I've always wanted to say on a podcast, and what? this is the perfect opportunity. Go on Because I hear it a lot. On American podcasts, they say this a lot. Let's let's segue oh. over to uh, what this podcast was actually about. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We have this tendency, don't we? Well, segues them things where you don't walk. You go on a little... Yeah. But I think the expression is, is let's... Almost like let's move over to let's or let's move on to. Directions. Or am I completely wrong and I've just completely balls that up? <laughs> I, hate, I hate segways. Someone suggested segwaying around a city once and I was like, why? No, why? I want to walk around yeah. a city. Sorry. Um, let's segue back away from segways into... 
into what we were going to talk, talk about because we do have a tendency to go off on tangents. That which, was which useful is, information. It was though. very useful information, but um, B six Carnegie. Carnegie. Um So, guys, as we said earlier, Happy New Year and all of that. So, with New Year comes resolutions. Some people are pro New Year's resolutions. Some people are against New Year's resolutions. For us, it kind of comes down to just, I suppose, setting yourself new goals, new challenges. And I think like all things, I'm I'm pro resolutions because I think from a mindset perspective, you know, it's like new year, new start. Um, so I'm definitely pro resolutions. However, well, you make more than anyone I know in terms of no, not resolutions. So it's not like you get to January. You you actually don't make any resolutions like I'm going to give up coffee and going to give up this because you you strongly feel you've got the right balance, which is amazing. But you make fitness resolutions about every three months. I'm going to run the marathon. I'm going to enter a boxing fight. I'm going to become a rugby player again. Like, and I just facepalm. do you know actually it's quite interesting that you say that because um i was listening to an audio book the other day like audible has changed my life honestly i've got through so many books it's untrue (laughs) probably got through more books in the last six months than i've my entire life because of because of audible but you're losing your ability to read no but like to focus on a page and read like if you don't train that that skill you'll lose it Considering I listen to the books when I'm driving, it's probably a much safer option well, yeah. no, but than I mean, reading. I still think people should read books, that's all. Yeah, well, I do read as well. Yeah. I mean, not everything's available on Audible, so mm. I don't really have a choice. But for me, it's, it's, it's you know, everyone has their a preference on how they absorb information. Yeah, yours is definitely too I, I definitely enjoy listening. I'm, I'm quite a slow reader because I'm quite thorough. <laughs> when I read, like Keris is like, my the, God, are you still reading that yeah. Christmas card? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just on the fourth one, do one no, a day. Like, you know, some people like skim read, don't they? And yeah, I, I used to have a teacher that used to do that. I'd be like, oh, sir, how's this bit of work? And he'd be like, oh, fantastic, brilliant, well done. I'm like, did you read it? And he's like, yeah, I did. I can skim read. And he could just read really quick. And I used to test him. All right, what did it say? And he'd say it all. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. He's, he's not lying. I yeah, thought he was just trying to palm me off. Um, but because you mentioned this the other day, didn't you? You were like, oh, you know, like you're forever doing these challenges, almost like it's almost like to distract you a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. I was so, like, so, so why do you always end? You have to have something that you're Yeah. Doing. And it's almost like, you know, you're trying to distract from something. And I fun- said, are you, are you unhappy? Are you, are you happy? Yeah. <laughs> How are you in yourself? In yourself. Um, but on this book it said there's this one sentence and it really did like stand out to me because I think there is an element of truth to what you've said and it says man seeks pleasure when he lacks meaning oh really and I thought even though that was in reference to man you yeah. know like that applies to oh, it applies to everyone everybody yeah. because when you think about it like but normal people do it with like Chocolate and the. Pop. Yeah, but this is what I mean. But, 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 <laughs> but I do that as well. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, like let's. I'm getting twisted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I do that as well. But it's funny when we had that conversation the other day, and I thought actually it's been a really mental couple of years for us. Like you know, there's been so much kind of going on, like with the business in our personal lives. You know, some good, some bad. 
you know, it's it's been quite a stressful year, hasn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, running physically, emotionally and, and whatnot. And well, I think... Running a business and, you know, it is. Anyone out there running a business now will say... It, they'll, just, they'll, it, it takes over your life, doesn't they it? Know, yeah. They know. You know, it's... it's but, but like I say, you know, we, we love what we do. Like, we, we enjoy what we do. Um, we're but, fine in case anyone's wondering that you're about to reveal something when you're... Yeah, we're, we're, we're good. We're good. We're golden. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, I just wanted to kind of paint the picture that, you know, for numerous reasons, it has been quite a tough year. And it made me think that actually, maybe, yes, maybe that is what I have been doing over the last kind of year. I've almost been looking for something that maybe is a distraction, maybe gives me a greater sense of meaning and, you know, such as like, you know, my boxing goal, uh, my now London Marathon goal, uh, Tough Mudder, you know, other events, whatever it may be. and. It's kind of, I suppose, like it really did stand out to me, and it, like, like you said, like for some people, you know, when you t- when they're talking about, oh, you know, I've been comfort eating. Oh, why? Because I was really, I'm, I'm really unhappy at work, so they seek pleasure in yeah. food. Um, you know, or you know, like sometimes people might feel quite lonely. Maybe they're single, they feel quite lonely, so that's why they go out and socialise all the time and get drunk and hammered and yeah, yeah. and whatever it may be. Like I'm not saying that you know. You only do that because you're single. But, again, it's that that seeking of pleasure. And I want to make it clear, I'm not saying that you shouldn't seek pleasure in whichever way that you, you wish. But, actually, I think it was it, it made me reflect a little bit on some of the, the things that I've been doing and, think, these, and these goals that I have been setting myself, like physical challenges because of, A, distraction and also definitely a sense of meaning because... I was going to say a sense of purpose. Mm. So if you're doing that, it's a very positive thing to do. You feel like you're growing, developing, making a difference and therefore you just get purpose to your day. Yeah. And I also think there's an element of community that not necessarily in the marathon side necessarily, although you do join an online community when you enter London Marathon that's massive and yeah, you get yeah. kind of camaraderie. But your boxing, definitely you entered a new community and you absolutely came home you know, buzzing every day. You know, I like the coaches, I like the other boxers. Yeah. I did a circuit with this guy and it was brilliant, which is all really good stuff, I think. But as long as you kind of revisit the, you know, I think the first point we're going to cover, so we're going to actually talk today about, we haven't even said this yet, but kind of almost fitness resolutions or fitness challenges that people set for themselves. Where, where are you kind of taking your fitness? And I joked initially that you've got to do this podcast because you come up with something new every year. But then we did discuss, well, why do you come up with something new and, and almost sometimes kind of change direction really quickly? Why do you need that yeah. new stimuli all the time? And yeah. I think the one thing that you will talk about a little bit more in detail is if you're doing it for those reasons, like you just said, like purpose or because you want a kind of status maybe from it, then you can lose the health element because it mm. goes too far yeah. because you, you, you don't listen to feedback from your body. You don't think, okay. And so your boxing journey is a prime example of that. So maybe that's the first point that we should talk about. If you've set yourself a goal, be it, I'm going to go to the gym. It could be, it could be you've just started out at the gym or you could be entering, you know, an Ironman, which I, I fear that you will at some point, because yours are building gradually in terms of like... <laughs> yeah, well, listen, um, swimming and me are just not a good mix. That's all right. M- muscle sinks. Right. That, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, yeah, so I suppose, I suppose the gist of this episode is talking about, you know, setting yourself some, some challenges, yeah. you know, that probably go beyond fat loss. You know, yeah. nothing wrong with a fat loss goal. Absolutely all for a fat loss goal. Um, but, yes, yeah, so maybe going beyond that, but but maybe approaching that goal in a, in a smarter way yeah. and being able to 
disconnect from the goal a little bit better and not have such a strong attachment to it to the point where you can actually potentially cause yourself a mischief and and, and whatever further down the line. So um, just, how should just, we get into it? Well, let's talk about the very first uh, point. And this is mainly going to focus on your journey because you learned some huge, really valuable lessons in the last 12 months. The oh, only thing yeah. I'd say is just as you were talking about that, I've mentioned before, I went through a phase of real kind of, um, you know, exercise addiction twice a day. But when I had that epiphany that you've just had, where I realised I was completely distracting myself from the fact that I needed to sort out my actual career, because it mm-hmm. wasn't my career to be at the gym, but it, <laughs> but I ploughed that much energy into it. And Let's I needed honest, to sort you, out... You, you were in the wrong job, you were the wrong man. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and yeah, and I need to sort out personal life. And I remember literally having, not just an epiphany, a, a big breakdown and just sobbing and just saying, I think, I don't know where to go because you know, I need to change my career and I need to change my home life. But as long as I just kept going to the gym and, and, and achieving PBs, I didn't have to deal with it. And when I actually, I think I got injured or just got, got tired one day and went for, I think there's a few of us went out for a drink and everyone was saying to me, you need to calm down, you need to mm. ease back and rest. And I couldn't. And I was scared of it because I needed to deal with the outside. So, But that's the thing. And we have spoken about this before in that the gym was your distraction. The gym was your pleasure in a day and of, status and status yeah. because so I had no you know, role you, outside of that and you and like like you said like people enjoy things that they're good at people you know like it when maybe they get a bit of a reputation for something so like you was you was good at training in that you were incredibly fit you were very strong you were very very hard working more, more free, and, frequency than anything I just turned up a lot no, but, <laughs> but everything you did like you gave it 110 percent you know and you gain this reputation as like Kerry Sue is like this super fit girl who's in the gym twice a day and you know like six days a week and, and and whatever else and you know you had a lot of you know you had a lot of friends at the gym you know the staff fellow gym members because you were kind of always there like yeah, you just yeah. got to know like everybody and and I think it's only natural to kind of thrive off of that kind of of that kind of feeling and and again it's like it's almost like you've got that reputation it's your escape you're good at it so there's so many boxes being ticked in terms of like sense of reward that you feel on a day daily basis yeah but then you need to kind of ask yourself yeah but why am i choosing to spend so much time in the gym yeah you know why am i looking for as many opportunities as possible to distract me from my job or or, or whatever and then and I think, like, it's, it's a question that I think all of us could do with asking ourselves sometime. Because I even, you know, as you know, when we first started dating, and, you know, we had a couple of conversations <laughs> where... I, when you cared. When, yeah. <laughs> when you shaved. <laughs> God, don't go there. Don't go there. But no, you know, like I said, you know... I, I was t- talking about Matt, not me, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, I am sporting a beard at the minute. Um, but, you know, like... You you totally from me off there. Um, <laughs> you know, like there was a couple of occasions where I was like, "Oh, look, I've booked us a table tonight. Be ready at this time." Thinking I'm being super romantic, and you like, "Oh no, no, sorry, I've got I've got a spin at seven <laughs> fifteen. And I'm like, well, "You you're in the gym this morning. What, what are you playing at? We're going to dinner." And you, you know, radamant that you kind of had to do your spin class. And I openly said to you, didn't I? I was like, "I'm not playing second fiddle to the gym." You know, so if that's what you're expecting, then this isn't going to work. And the flip side of that is uh, recently, and again, like this is this is just kind of conversations that Matt and I have had between ourselves. We have very varied things that we do across the week. We might be doing one to ones with clients. We might be doing 
working on our online programs, uh, doing some bigger projects. We're looking at doing retreats this year, which we're really excited Yay. about. So meeting the team about that. And um, I've got days when I, I lecture at um, the College of Naturopathic Medicine and I now teach yoga. So I'm a fully qualified yoga teacher. And on the days I when I'm doing that... I did one of your classes that, today. It's very did. good. Uh, on the days I'm doing that, like... I have so much kind of sense of purpose, so much sense of reward if I get, you know, positive feedback um, from my students as well that I don't even think about training. Mm. So in terms of calibration, that's just my been my journey with it. It's I kind of needed to find, and I still don't think, someone else said this to me the other day, I still don't think I actually know what I want to do when I grow up. And like, we're all <laughs> nearly, like, both of us were nearly 40, and I said, I know what you mean. Because... So what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, what? <laughs> both of us are what? No, no, not you. Another person we were chatting. Oh, right, I was going to say. Uh, another about... friend, and, we, and, and she said, I don't think I know what I want to do yet with my life, and she's nearly 40. And I said, I know, what, I know very similarly... Although I enjoy, I do so many different things at the moment, but I do know the days when I really get into what I'm doing, and it's definitely, I love teaching. That's probably my favourite thing to do, and I think it's why I like writing books, because writing books is Mm. teaching people, um, sharing knowledge. Then, literally, you have to force me to exercise, which is the complete opposite. You're like, come on, get off your bum and go to the gym. Force you to exercise, have a wash, (laughs) brush your teeth, Kerry's. (laughs) Twice a day. <laughs> Twice a day. And, um, yeah, so so completely different. And it's a nice feeling mm. because I still love exercise, but I have so much more of a sense of purpose to a lot of the rest mm. of my time gotcha. that it has to be. And even the yoga, as, as daft as it sounds, I spend more time thinking about um, creating the class in my head and, and the music and stuff than I do. It's not like I'm out there practising loads. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. So, yeah, there you go. But, you know, anyway. it's, it's funny, like, we, we, you could link this in so many ways, actually, because kind of goes back to when I was PT and full-time, you know, pre-fit food and all of that, you know, it was just me in a gym, personal training, and my goal as a personal trainer was to try and train as many people as humanly possible, which takes time and you've got to build your reputation, your experience, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I did get to that point and not to sound like arrogant, but I was by far the busiest PT in the gym. And as you know, you know, I was in the gym at 6.30 in the morning and I'd still be there at like, you know, 8.30, 9pm at night. Yeah. You know, and some days I was, no exaggeration, pretty back to back bar, like a half hour here and there. That's the only Um, time that your stamina and endurance has beat mine, personal training. (laughs) <laughs> yeah true <laughs> true make of that what you will <laughs> yeah. i was talking more about jogging running <laughs> yoga where i can always out out endurance you yeah but, move it on yeah <laughs> but personal um, training i don't know how but, you did it it was like but in, this is where you know like we're going to go into this like the like you know an attachment to an outcome um and also being able to disconnect yourself a little bit to to get the best out of a situation and in this instance, whilst I achieved the goal of becoming as busy as possible and training as many people, were all my clients getting the very best of Matty Boy Whitmore? Well, you wouldn't want to be the 8pm client, would you? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> so if you imagine, you know, like, to what, you know, say like I've had like 8, 9, 10, 11 clients, which wasn't unheard of in a day. I'd be slow in my words. You know, like towards the end of the day, you know, I would be fatiguing, yeah. you know, like mentally, physically, you know, whatever. And that was a question I did have to ask myself because I was slowly, it was catching up on me as the months and the years went on. And I was a bit like, gosh, I'm, I'm knackered. Like I feel mentally frazzled. And because of that, I wasn't prioritising my own training. Yeah. Um, I wasn't prioritising my own nutrition. My clients weren't getting the best out of it. So therefore, you know, was 
was what I doing the best for me, the best for my clients? No, it wasn't. But then, of course, you're, you set the bar high with doing two sessions a week, two sessions a day, six days a week. It's very hard to come back from that because yeah, you've yeah, set definitely. that bar. Oh, yeah. So for me, I was like, well, I don't want to earn less money. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to have any unhappy clients. Luckily, I didn't have any unhappy clients. I think I've always been very good at masking tiredness and, yeah, and whatever know, it may be. Like Most people probably wouldn't have even known. But in my head, I, I would know, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So then, you know, for me, the solution was, well, I need to charge a little bit more. I haven't put my prices up. Yeah. And, and train less people, so I still earn the same, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of a natural progression any PT makes, you know, over time. Yeah. And and I did that, and that was kind of like the first step in that adaptation because obviously not everyone was happy to, to to pay more, fine. But, you know, actually it kind of it, it did work. Uh, it was um, 50-50 because on the one hand I, I calculated how many I'd like to lose because yeah. I was a bit like if I lose this many I could still earn the same amount but I'd be done by this time every day. But actually, not that many people said no. And I was like, <laughs> well, on the one hand, that's great because yeah, it yeah, means yeah. they they enjoy training with me, so yeah. they're happy to carry on even with a a bit of a chunk extra. But then at the same time, I was a bit like, oh, gosh, I still gonna have to be in here till this time. <laughs> so that's like a an example of kind of like you know like an attachment to a goal and well, maybe say, not serving you. The the, the great Does that make sense? yeah right? no 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 absolutely. So so to anyone out there now, if you've entered, there's millions of January challenges like uh, Red Run Every Day, or um, maybe you've entered some kind of 30 day boot camp challenge. They're really common where it's train every single day, and maybe you've just upped your own kind of gym work off the back of Christmas guilt, which is the worst reason mm. to to increase your um, training frequency. It's fueled on negativity, so please don't do that. But if you've done any of those things, like Matt's saying, it's then really hard to come back to a sensible place. Mm. And if there's one thing I can really reassure you guys about, and I won't bore you with the detail, but I've spent about the last three months learning about the pathways, the biochemical pathways involved in body fat regulation. <laughs> and trust me, exercise is important, but you do not need to do it every single day. You do not need to do it. Gosh, a couple of decent sessions a week and more walking will sort most people out. And the rest is all down to nutrition, yeah. mindset, good micronutrient status, B vitamins, carnitine, um, all that kind of stuff. So there's other things that influence. We've talked about that on, on loads of podcasts. So have a sensible conversation with yeah. yourself about, okay, I've really got carried away here. I've upped the ante. And you've become so attached, as Matt said, to... It might even be that not only have you got to hit this many sessions, you've got to be in the gym for this long. You've got to do this much time on this machine or this many reps or lift this weight. And some days you're tired and you can't do it and you feel frustrated and you get angry with your body, angry yeah. with yourself and come home in a bad mood and fly off at everybody else. Is that just me? <laughs> no, yes, uh, it definitely used to be me. And so if you're seeing any of that happen, that kind of behaviour, um, you know, straight away stop in your tracks and have a little reflection here. And if you were to go back to three good quality sessions in the gym, um, you know, or some some kind of hobbies that you absolutely love doing, that's really all you need to be doing. So mm. so stop right now and kind of think about that. And I suppose another good example for you, Matt, with that is injury. So yeah. on the occasions when you've got injured in training but carried on, how did that? Well, let's. How did that work out with your boxing match? For example, well, that's the thing. I mean, you don't need to give all the detail of the. Well, it's quite funny <laughs> because obviously my current goal at the minute is to train for the the London Marathon. Yeah, which lots of people get injured doing. Lots of people get injured doing, but it's funny how my attachment to the outcome 
for this is very different to what my attachment to the outcome for the boxing was. You're actually looking for a reason to give me your place, which is like... <laughs> well, that's not true. That's not true. Like, um, you know, it's a, it is quite a daunting goal for me because I've never ran that distance before in my life. You're like, definitely less attached to this goal than you were the boxing Yeah, though. but more, more like, so... Oh, yeah, that's, well, that's what I just said. Right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, that's the whole point. Like, like for me now, I'm like... I've, you know, I've I've met some people that have got injured in the process of the marathon, and either two things happen: either they do make the decision to to pull out, yeah. which is a really hard decision to make. I totally get it, especially if you raised all the money. But it also really, really puts them on a downer. It really affects them mentally, you know, emotionally. Um, you know, and, and I get it, you know, you've put a lot of work in, it's quite, it's a massive achievement, you know, and it's disappointing for sure. But then you get the other people who don't pull out, see how they go, that that classic, oh, I'll see how I go. And, you know, their injury might really kick in at a certain point in the race. They might try and push it for a certain amount of time to where it becomes quite unbearable. Then they have no choice maybe but to to stop but most people wouldn't stop completely. They'd be like, I'm just going to hobble the rest of the way because they need to see it through. And as much as I can respect that, you know, if that then means that after that, you know, you're in pain for however many months, potentially years because of it, and your your days of ever even running a full marathon are over because of it, and it happens, people sustain some pretty big injuries yeah, in yeah. that kind of scenario... Um, therefore it's again is that a healthy attachment to the outcome and the thing is everything I'm saying right there that was my attachment to the boxing match yeah because the boxing match for me was like it was it was my release to you know I, st- I can't remember when I started training for it now it was around June time wasn't it yeah um you know it was a release for me um, it was a distraction for me. I enjoyed that sense of community again, you know, being at the gym with the coaches, the other guys training there, which was something that I think I've kind of, I'd said to you, I'd missed a lot since giving up rugby. Yeah. You know, I missed that kind of like, you know, like the changing room banter, yeah, yeah. you know, like being part of a team again and just kind of like, you know, since we've like started an online business as well, just actually seeing people in person, you know. <laughs> Humans. And, and I really, really enjoyed it. But then at the same time, like I always tend to do, I kind of put it out there to the world. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. So I was kind of in a way like putting this pressure on myself to kind of see it through. Well, you'd but raise, raised money, you had 50 tickets. Loads of come people had bought tickets. Yeah. I was getting so much amazing support and, and whatnot. And to cut a long story short, um, I sustained an injury to my ribs. What I'd done, I don't know. Badly bruised, a fracture, who knows? All I know is it was really blinking painful <laughs> to the point where even just standing still and taking a, a breath, breath hurt, was painful. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that that scuppered my plans because I couldn't elevate my heart rate because it would mean breathing deeper and yeah. that was really, really painful. Um, so over time, I gradually built back up to start training again to the best of my ability. Then um, I was only, I was about two and a half weeks out from the fight. In my head, I was a bit like, it was kind of messing with my psyche because I was a bit like I haven't trained in the way I wanted to train. I've had to have a lot of time off. I wasn't expecting to have this time off. Um, you Which, know, just to uh, pause you for a second, I've seen so many people saying that over Christmas about their marathon training because they've had flu and people are jumping back into running 
yet still having a, a cough or a cold. And it's yeah. crazy to even think about putting the body through a run mm. if you can't breathe properly. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. No, Carry that's exactly that, though. And, you know, like, you, people push through... They, they think there's a plan. They think there's this time, really tight yeah. timeline to yeah. the event and that running with a slightly, you know, still ill is going to get them closer to the back-on-plan type yeah. kind of thing. No, exactly, exactly. And, you know, we've all been there. We've all done that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're no angels for sure. And I went back to training and uh, my coach wanted me to spar. Now, I didn't really want to spar purely because, you know, I'd, I'd sparred before... Um, and it's a huge, huge part of like you know your, the the process for preparing for a fight. You've got to spar. Um, you can't just hit pads and bags all day. Um, anyone can look good on pads and bags, like my coach always says. You know, you've got to be able to, you know, fight somebody who's trying to punch you back. Yeah. Um, that's, but that's the bit I couldn't do. <laughs> for, for me, it was like mm, ribs still quite painful. I don't know that I want to spar because I'd actually sustained a rib injury in sparring. One of the pros at the gym who just give me a pretty hefty body shot. Um, and, but at the same time, I didn't want to be seen saying no. I didn't yeah. want to be seen quitting because in my head I was a bit like I'm in a boxing gym. Come on, Matt, suck it up. So peer pressure is quite a big element. Peer pressure was there. You know, saying that though, like my coach, you know, is a good coach. And I'm sure if I stressed the injury, yeah. and the thing is, to be honest with you, I probably downplayed it. Yeah, Even though I, I did say to my coach, can we stick to headshots? Because the rib, I don't want to take another knock there, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, headshots only. So we sparred. I was sparring one of the other pros at the gym there, you know, by far a much better boxer than I was. But, you know, great opportunity to learn. Um, and, of course, you know, it's all well and good saying headshots. But when someone starts coming at you and they're, they're almost programmed to throw combinations it's quite hard to maintain that. Yeah. So I took a couple of shots to the ribs, which hurt like hell, like because <laughs> obviously it was already yeah. painful. So then I became overprotective of the rib. So I'm constantly dropping my guard to try and protect my rib. And of course, so yeah, I kept dropping my guard to protect my rib. But then of course, I was then taking punches to the face. But in my head, I was a bit like, I'd rather take a punch to the face than to a painful Your rib. rib. Yeah. But then over time, you know, I was taking these punches, I was in pain, my head wasn't in the right place, I didn't want to be there, I was worried about making the rib really bad again and not being able to fight, etc, etc. And then it got to the end of the second round, um, might have even been the third round, I think, oh, I think it was the third round, and I just I just took another, one more punch and I was like, no, 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 I'm done, I'm done. And But then my coach was like, no, you're not, get back in there. And then the other guy's coach was like, come on. And everyone was like cheering me on, you know, and that kind mm. of fired me up a little bit. And I was like, all right, all right, all right I'll, I'll carry on. So then I carried on and again, dropping my guard, taking punches to the face. And I, I was getting angry. I was getting angry with myself because I was like, my head was gone. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of in my anger, I kind of just threw a left punch, a uh, left hook, but I suppose because I was angry, my form was a bit sloppy. Um, I landed it, which is a good thing. But <laughs> I felt something go in my hand almost straight away. And, and that was the that was the icing on the cake for me. And I was like, no, no, I'm done. I'm definitely done. And even with them trying to cheer me on, I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm done. I mean, I won't go into the too much detail, but it was the worst feeling in the world. Not the pain, that the, the sense of feeling like I had quit. Yeah, I've never seen you that I was, devastated. I was devastated. You know? <laughs> no, I, came, I came home and my, my ribs were killing me. My hand had swollen up and there was a lump on my hand. And, I, I, you know, I thought something's happened here. I thought someone had passed away, didn't I? But um, <laughs> the first thing I said when Keris was like, oh, my God, what's wrong? Like, because I was 
well, I was in bits when I? I was yeah, in tears, yeah. like, you know, I don't mind admitting it. She was like, oh, my God, what's wrong? What, what's happened? And, I was, and then the first thing I said was, I, I, I quit. Yeah, and that, that devastated you more than the yeah, fact like, that your forget, hand was forget broken, the hand, your forget rib, the rib was I was just, broken. I, it, it was the worst feeling, I had this horrible sunken feeling. But over time, I got over it because, yeah, right, in, the, in that situation, I did quit. But the reality is I shouldn't have put myself in that situation. You know, it's one thing, you know, I do think there are times in life when you do need to suck it up and kind of step up to the mark. Yeah. But in that instance, the pressure to get into the ring and spar, I put on myself. Yeah, yeah. No one else made me feel like I had to do it. I felt that I had to downplay my injury. I felt that I couldn't say no. No yeah. one said that. No, no. You know, and of course, like, my coach only knows so much as I tell him. You know, if I had said, coach, my rib is killing me. Yeah. I don't know this is a good idea because if I take another I honestly think he would have said, Matt, fine. We don't we don't want you pulling out of this fight. He probably would have you know, took the mick a little bit yeah, and give yeah. you know a bit of banter about it. You know, it's 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 to be expected. But all of that pressure I put on myself and the outcome of that was it made me feel like crap. It as, made as, me feel terrible. As your mum would have said, it'll end in tears. Lending tears. Lending tears. tears well, someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> Ended in tears. Um, so that is a great, great point in terms of, and I suppose, just to finish your story, you did go on to do the fight after taking a bit of time out with a broken hand in the end because so yeah, you got, did have professional advice from a lot of people who said you'd be fine to fight with that, strap it up. Um, but I did get an x-ray. It was confirmed there was you, a break you in the left hand. You had broken your hand. So by um, now you've got... The ribbed heel by the, the ribbed heel by fight night, but the, the hand hadn't. Broken. So we had we had to strap it up good and proper with like loads of extra padding, and then of course I went on to dislocate my shoulder <laughs> in the middle of the <laughs> in, fight. In, in the, the, you, the you end did of the second round, that you were very conscious of the hand. So again, like yeah. psyche wise, was affected by I, that. Of fight. course, I was I was definitely affected because I didn't know. Even though in my head I was counting on adrenaline, the atmosphere, excitement, kind of almost. Uh, masking the pain of the hand when you know it's there it's there you fight and, it, and in yeah. your head it's there and also again i couldn't help but feel like as much as i was trying to talk myself up in my head i was like i've taken a lot of time out of training as part of this camp yeah that i wasn't expecting you know so i that threw me off you know i felt like my preparation wasn't as good as it could be but again i chose to step into the ring and would I have stepped into the ring had I not told anyone about it? Had I not sold 40-odd tickets? I probably wouldn't have. But again, it comes down to I had created this attachment yeah. to this fight. I didn't, And I felt though as though I couldn't possibly pull out because, again, it would be that sense of quitting again. I'd feel like I'd be letting a lot of people down. Um, I couldn't bear the thought of like being seen as someone who was, I don't know, almost quitting because it was hard or, yeah, or, yeah. or whatever. Like, that was the thing that really kind of ate me up. And actually, a really interesting point here is you shared, if any of you guys are on our mailing list, we often send out quite kind of personal emails about what we're up to. And you did do a personal email about the impact of quitting that session, mm. what it had on you and how hard it was and how you came home and felt devastated because you don't quit. And, you know, God, I can sit, sit there and kind of vouch for that. I just You're ridiculously determined when it comes to... You know, once you're in that kind of environment, especially kind of physical fitness training, but in a lot of environments, any teamwork, anything like anyone needs help, you're ridiculously there and like, I'm determined to help this person, you know, and I'm talking yeah. emergency situations, I've seen you twice save lives. So, um, yeah, and I think you've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> Why is I going with that? Uh, so, no, I was going to say, you did a really personal email 
and somebody replied back, um, not realising that they had replied back to you. I think they were trying to forward onto a mate and said some really rude comment about, look at this guy can, trying to justify being a wimp, but it was written much more harsh yeah, yeah, on yeah. That, than that. And I just could not believe it. And I thought, well, it's no wonder that you put that pressure on yourself if there's that, there is that kind of perception. And I'm assuming they were boxing people because they kind of, or maybe just into training, I'm not really sure, to be... And I just thought, gosh, I'd love, I'd love them to get in the ring with you and see, you know, because I know, you know, the, the kind of how, how determined, how, how much you kind of put into this kind of stuff. So anyway, you have my... I, I said if I could ever do an event where I had the same support that you had. Oh, that um, was, honestly, and, it was... It was... And put the work in and the mental determination and have those barriers and not just I, uh, give up. Like, I, I, I would have been gone at the, the, the rib, for sure. Well, the, the support I had was, was phenomenal. Like, I was, I was, you know, so touched and overwhelmed by the amount of support that I had and the amount of people that had turned out for me and, and whatever. And, of course, even, you know, you know, the support they gave me afterwards, you know, once I'd obviously dislocated my shoulder and because I think I people think it, knew that I'd be on a bit of a bit of a downer kind of thing it's important to know if you've entered an event kind of now and you've got a support team so some people do these really big events where you have to you know literally have a car of people follow you around three peaks is like that and you have to pull out you know your support team is your support team and they're they're going to support your decision if you decide this isn't the best thing and you are injured or it's not going to support your health right now and that's really it's you i mean you're right it's you that puts the pressure on yourself but you kind of justify it that you don't want to let them down, but nobody thinks your real support team never think differently of that, and neither no, do your coaches, and, and neither well, do your gym peers or your training peers. No, no, and I mean, so. and, and and people know if it's genuine. Like, if anyone knows anything about you as an individual, like you know, you, on the one hand, you might be someone that's like forever making excuses and looking for a, a way out. So people are like, oh god, here we go again. Look, yeah. oh, <laughs> what, what's wrong now? Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But if like anyone who knows me or you and who knows that we're really hard workers and determined and competitive, you know, they take it very seriously when you're like, actually, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. And I have a lot more respect for people when they make that decision. Like, and for me now, like in preparation, I mean, what's the date today as of, as of this recording? When it goes out, I don't know. Was it like the 11th? 12th. It's the 12th today, okay? So I think yesterday was 100 days until the, the, the London Marathon. And I'm I am genuinely excited for the marathon um, you know, I've put it out there that I'm going to document my journey, but at the same time, you know, even though like, I've, you know, we've already raised over a thousand pounds for charity and we want to raise as much as possible, children with cancer, great charity. I'm not going to put that same pressure on myself. Yes, I'm going to prepare for it in the best way that I can, but I'm not going to hurt myself in the process. Um, you know, and you know, I've got kind of like a bit of a, a back niggle at the minute that I'm trying to sort out, but I've openly said to you, haven't I? Like, if, if this I'm not I will not run a race I will not run a marathon feeling like my back feels at the moment well, I suppose and, that this is where we could probably segue into another point that we wanted to make which is about your goal always being in the context of optimal health which you know we've kind of covered that a lot already but in this instance we're talking about um a lot of people enter these goals because they want to use them to lose weight yeah. But actually, a lot of these training plans, you shouldn't do those if you're overweight or, as you've kind of mentioned, if you've got, you know, joint issues, injuries, pain already. And one of your realisations has been for you to run this marathon healthily, you actually probably need to lose some weight because mm. you're a chubby chunkster. Chunk, <laughs> <laughs> Charming. No, uh, because you need to lose some mass. 
because you're at almost 100 kilos mm. and 100 kilos pounding your joints for however, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. That like, many miles is going to be a lot of stress to those joints. But also, you know, like, let's, you know. I do that. I could do with losing a bit of body fat as well. And in terms of like, I'm not saying. Oh, don't be daft. No, but you know, it's, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not I'm not shredded by any means. I'm not ripped by any means. I always say I'm kind of lean-ish, you know, and sport like a pretty consistent free pack, you know, most of the year. I'm not really someone like I took my way in, you know, from my kind of like to start my marathon journey, and I was 98 and a half kilos. You know, and Keris, you know, has been with me now for 10 years. And I've always pretty much been anywhere between, like, 98 and 100 kilos, which we know, you know, the fluctuations of those amounts are probably just, like, water, stored muscle glycogen, you know, like, those kind of things. You know, it's not fat You used to do more endurance work. Well, (laughs) for me, it was just, like, how can I make my life a little bit easier when running... A distance like a marathon and it's yeah. like I'm like well actually I would probably move better and my joints would probably be quite pleased if, you... if I was carrying a little bit less weight yeah so you know my goal is to to drop about four kilos maybe more who knows if I'm feeling good and it's all going well you know I'll let it take its kind of like natural course if you know what I mean I'd like the majority of that to be body fat you know there will be a bit of muscle loss I'm sure no doubt but going back to what Keris mentioned earlier, a lot of people take on these big challenges such as marathons or, you know, big endurance races, but they do it almost like as a catalyst to their to their fat loss goal because it's almost like they need to make it this really big thing that they're really going to commit to because they need to lose a load of weight and get healthier, et cetera, et cetera. However, if I had a quid for the amount of people that have messaged me saying they're preparing for a marathon, they're actually gaining weight. Yeah, I was you know, say like it's it's incredibly common. And I speak about this actually in the the first episode of my Matty Boy Woodmore's Marathon Journey documentary. <laughs> um, and because people start placing these big demands on their body, you know, and it's very progressive quite quickly. Because another thing is, and people don't prepare well in advance; they prepare in January. Yeah. You know, and they go from being a couch potato to preparing for a marathon. They give themselves four months. Yeah. Whereas, you know, at least with me, like I've got a good baseline of fitness and I'm trying to build on that. You yeah. know, and I did get some runs in in kind of like November, December. Cause you know, I, I would say like even I run regularly 10K. That's my kind of safe, happy distance. But even yeah. I'm nervous. I don't go above that. So we did. I did an eight mile with you the other day. I felt that on my joints. Mm. Like. Not as in, oh, it was painful. It just, as you finished it, it just felt hard on the body. That's yeah, the best yeah. way I could put it. Not a single injury off the back of it, but just felt hard on the body. And I said to you, gosh, like, I've got to do that again. And they, like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. that distance, you know, nearly three times, isn't it? Well, yeah. I can't do a time table. Well, yeah, because what, what was it? Eight, yeah, it was eight miles, 20, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was eight miles. Eight miles, yeah. So I... I think, um, yeah, basically, if somebody is overweight and, and it's almost like give yourself that time, don't necessarily put yourself under the pressure to follow the running plan because if you drop the weight, running becomes so much easier. You get quicker, you get faster, mm-hmm. you're fitter, you're healthier anyway. But some people, I think, could probably postpone their, their running goals by a year, yeah. um, build up with light, short runs, mm-hmm. um, some weight training, absolutely essential. If you're running, if you're trying to lose weight, you know, whatever your goal, they're really, the weight training side is going to get you there much quicker as well. And then run it in a year's time. Yeah. Because I've, I've been running 20 years, and even I'm, like, almost having had injuries, very reticent about. And, and I kind of said to you, gosh, if you can't do it, should I take it over? Mm. And I'm nervous, if, if I'm honest, because 
if I do, I would probably won't tell a soul. I'll just creep in at the back and just uh, just walk it or something. But anyway, so yeah, I think the the other side with the the marathon running um, bit I've got to mention, of course, is gut health because so many people, if, if they already have, if, if they're overweight and have had a diet history of kind of processed foods, refined carbs, mm. you know, not much kind of fresh fruit, vegetables, meat, fish, all the nutritious stuff, you're probably going to have some level of, of gut dysfunction not working and then also some nutrient deficiencies add into that running which is basically jiggling the digestive system about yeah. for a good couple of hours an hour whatever it might be that your run is and we already have clients contacting us that are training for the marathon that have reflux problems when they run diarrhea when they run mm. and it's because you need to sort the gut out first of course and and the gut's going to be vital for absorbing all of those nutrients like magnesium and zinc and b vitamins that help you run and, and also what's, so it's what's a bit of a vicious cycle what's something like that people tend probably drink more of when preparing for a marathon it's like coffee you know which I was is like a, water <laughs> no, no no but you know like people are always like you know like pre-run coffee yeah, 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 which again, and whatever and, and, the bowel and, and as those miles start going up they might take on a little bit more and it's you know caffeine is in coffee is as awesome as it is yeah, you know yeah. it's, it is a known gut irritant yeah um absolutely. but you know like for me it's all about prioritizing your goal and prioritizing the order in which you want to do things and i think a big mistake people make is they they almost start their marathon journey as if they're already running 18, 19 miles in a session. You know, so all of a sudden they're eating loads of carbohydrates. They're like, oh, yeah, carbs is energy. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Um, I'd actually say to people, um, I said this in a lecture the day, I train yourself to run faster first. Not not that you'll ever run, the, well, some people do run the marathon faster, don't they? You get some kind of ketogenic fat fueled. But I would start to train yourself on shorter runs to run fastered. And then, therefore, when you do end up adding, if you do need to add nutrition in, it's kind of a minimal amount, if that makes sense. Well, no, but that, that, that's a perfect point because I think in the early stages, when your your distances that you're running are shorter, yeah, um, it's the perfect opportunity to test things out a little bit. You know, like you say, like do some fasted runs when the distances are a little bit shorter. Use that initial stage when you're not placing such a big demand on your body to get that weight off. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I'm doing right now. Like my first priority was to try and get the weight off as quickly and as safely as possible because it for me it just makes sense to get the weight off as far away from the race day as I can. Yeah. Because then I leave myself a good window of opportunity to adapt things along the way. Are you doing Does, are you doing fit sixteen to lose weight? Oh yeah, so I'm using the principles of fit sixteen. Are you yes. in phase one now? I am in phase <laughs> one. <laughs> Um, but, you know, well, to be fair, well, you follow Fit 16 anyway. Well, to be fair, yeah. Fit 16 was created, you know, based on the principles that we use on ourselves, on our one-to-one clients, etc., etc. Anyway, so yeah, 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 I'm very much following those principles. But you know, so that's rather than me kind of like just going for it and then being like, oh, quick, you know, I need to get some weight off. Yeah, yeah. You know, that needs to be my first priority. So if you are someone who's holding quite a substantial amount of body fat, you know, get as much as it off in the early stages as you can whilst you're testing things out a little bit you know your distances are a little bit shorter before you start building up and placing even greater demands on your body you know whilst carrying maybe a little bit too much body fat and potentially you know just just stressing your joints your tendons your ligaments a little bit too much and you know potentially hurting yourself really quite badly yeah yeah you know, so it's all about like just putting things into into perspective and, and, and prioritizing things a little bit. And you know, another thing we wanted to talk about today was the the power of adaptation. And um, you know, like we spoke about at the beginning of the podcast, you know, the mornings are darker now, so you've adapted your day 
in accordance with that, right? So, yeah, no, whereas normally you'd be up and out, now you're kind of staying in bed, doing a bit of work, and then getting out with Hamish a little bit later. Any kind of change is tough, but having the ability to be able to adapt in a diff- in a certain situ- situation is always going to work in in your favour. And I also think um, when it comes to following plans and stuff, I mean, I've never been one to follow. I'm not very good at following a plan mm. anyway. I, I like to kind of write down what I'm going to do at the gym just before I go to the gym. Yeah. And I have a kind of idea of goals and things. It's a bit different if you kind of work in the industry. You kind of trust yourself a little bit more. But yeah. um, with regards to anyone who's been presented with a marathon training plan or maybe a, a, a kind of weight training plan, like you've said, they're fantastic to have in place. But one of the things we did with Fit16 was give people not only that kind of weekly 45-minute you know, weight-based training session um, – we also gave 10-minute workouts and we also said walk and, and said on you know certain days walk. And you have to know in terms of wake up each day, your workload, your energy level, your kind of muscle soreness and make a few decisions and adapt. And your training plan might be like, right, you're, you're, uh, you're up to 10 miles today. Yet yeah. mentally, and sometimes there is a bit of like get out and see, mm. but I'm a big one for um, sometimes I'll go out in, uh, with a view of walking the dog and then things happen that I never thought were going to happen. If that makes sense, that sounds yeah. a bit weird. But so sometimes the main, the main thing, my main goal that I try and do every single day is is put some active wear on <laughs> and yeah. get outside. Step one. Yeah, basically. And then oh, I walk to the top of a hill. So we live in a kind of, bit of a, our streets in a kind of like valley. I walk to the top of the hill. That's already woken me up, got me outside, fresh air. And then I think, right, I might start with a really light jog and see how I feel. Yeah. And some days, every bit of my body goes, no way. You know, like, and I just bring it down to a walk and sometimes I'll stop and do some yoga in the park. So I, I kind of, like you said, I'm just listening to my body and, and based on what I've done that week, how much sleep I've had, they're big factors for me. Some people like to do HRV, heart rate variability monitoring for this kind of thing, but I like to kind of set out and see. And then some days, um, you know, I've kind of set out, I'm thinking a, a run's going to be amazing. Mm. Uh, and then actually I'm kind of like 10 minutes in going, do you know what, mentally there is something, I'm just not, I know I'm not feeling this. And again, I'll take it down to a walk maybe and walk home. And like you said, you adapt. And you can only adapt if you've got no attachment to the outcome, going back to the first point. And, and that you also understand in the context of health that that was the right thing for also you to do that well, day. Like, you know, it's... But some days, when it's finished, some days I go out with so little expectation of myself and then randomly I could run the longest run I've done that week yeah, yeah, and yeah. rep out a bodyweight circuit at the end. It's almost like... And I, I've known this... From the age of 19, when I first started, the more I set out thinking this is perfect conditions for an immense run, the less likely it is to be an immense run. And then when I set out with very little expectation of being able to do anything, I always surprise myself. So that's the key. Think so little of yourself that you do. It can only get better. better, (laughs) No, but you know, like how many people do you know who have like, they've got that dilemma of today I'm going to go for a five mile run, whatever. Whether they're training for a marathon or not, whatever, they're just going out and their exercise for that day, they've said they're going to do a five-mile run, but they had a terrible night's sleep for whatever reason. They've woken up feeling like crap and um, actually they've, they've, they feel quite chesty, you know. But in their head, they're like, but I said I was going to run five miles today. You know, I'm meant to be meeting friends later. I'm probably going to have a drink. You know, um, I need to run five miles. But in their head, they really don't want to do it. It's the last thing that they want to do. They don't feel up to it physically, mentally, whatever. But the thought of not doing it is eating them up. But then they don't do it, but then feel like this element of guilt all day long because they didn't do that run, even though deep down they know 
it was for the best yeah, not yeah. to do that run, but they will beat themselves up about it. You know, and then that decision to not do that based on listening to their body and that element of guilt could potentially have this really crazy negative knock-on effect of like, oh, sod it, you know, and then them just kind of like drinking too much or having yeah, a takeaway. Kind of like consoling yourself in yeah, some way. Yeah, you know, and, and then again, it's that having that attachment. And for us, like with Fear 16, with our clients, with our own self now, like we're in a really good place in the, you know, we can make that decision on the day and be like, go, I did plan to do this table. Do you know what? I don't feel up to it. Or I've sometimes been halfway through a workout and gone, do you know what? I just ain't feeling it. Yeah. And I've walked away. I never could have done that. Some, some years ago there is no way once I'd started that was it yeah, yeah. even if I was just like had to really dig deep to complete it like whereas now I'm like you know what I'm not feeling it. I'm going to stop I'm just going to go for a walk or I'm going to do a good bit of stretching and I'm going to come back to this tomorrow yeah and then I know that I'll have like an even better workout and same I sometimes I've headed to the gym and just started a mobility warm-up and it's felt so good doing it um, it's kind of like I, I kind of combine a bit of yoga and movement generally that I've just carried on and I'll get a tiny bit of a sweat but mentally it's all I can manage that day and then yeah. funnily enough I'll go to some yoga classes now so even now I think maybe because I had such kind of a phase of punishing workouts yeah that now I'm more challenged in terms of my like lifestyle and and um, you know kind of you know learning and professional development and lecturing I'll get into a yoga class and the minute someone starts to say right, we're going to start to build this up into, um, you know, and the party trick is coming, which is the kind of peak pose. I actually start to go, do you know what, I, I, I'm not doing this. And they'll give an, a regressed version and I'm going in for the regressed version, mm. which was never me in a class. I was always yeah. like, right, what are we doing? Yeah, I'm there. Hardest possible. But actually it's a mental thing that if you're quite tired, challenged mentally, I just think I'm here to move and I'm here to get some blood flow around the body and to get my joints and, and muscles, you know, conditioned. And, and that's it for me today. Yeah. And that's why I think, I've definitely found yoga and kind of movement very liberating in terms of you can still do something, you can feel the benefit, but there isn't that kind of like, right, we're going to do... In fact, my mum and dad came to uh, one of my yoga classes and dad said, what I like about it is you only do two or three of everything and then we move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he said, Fit of London, when you ran that, was like a minute of this and two minutes of this and we're going to do 100 reps and stuff. And I was like, yeah. That, and I think I find that really good mentally about any mobility yoga and but i mean you know I, I obviously i took part in your class last week and this week and even though you are only doing like a few reps of, of a sequence or something like if you do it properly it's, you know it's like very you, humbling, you, you, isn't it? you feel it like you know you, you you know about it that's for sure and but just going back to the um you know the the training side of things and more specifically to the marathon now is like it's important that you have a plan for sure but it's also important that you have that element of adaptation, which we've mentioned. And it also comes down to having an awareness of knowing yourself. Yeah. Um, because we're very fortunate in that we work in the industry. We've been doing this for a long, long time. We know how we work individually. Yeah. You know, we respond well to, um, you know, physically, mentally, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's really important that you do kind of like master the ability to listen to your body um and what i mean by this is like if you was to google um marathon training plans you know and which i've been doing just to kind of get some ideas honestly like some of them the, like the top five kind of like more popular ones i guess i mean i won't mention them they were so different 
I put yeah. the exact same stats into them, and they were all so so different. So I, it's, it's like a bit of a minefield because I mean, I mean, I've not even looked at what the nutrition recommendations would be, but I'd imagine it's the same. But again, but then you know, there's only so much you can do when you're trying to just put something out there to give someone an idea, because yeah, yeah, unless you, you're working with them on a one-to-one basis, you're never going to be able to tailor it. However, when people do download a plan off the internet, I think in their head, it's almost like this is a this is my plan. This is so-and-so who's an expert has said, (laughs) this is my plan and this is my plan. Now, the thing is with that is, like Harris mentioned, if it says on this day run X amount of miles and you feel like crap, you feel horrendous, it's the last thing you want to do. But if you was to half that distance, it's going to eat you up. Or if you didn't do it at all, it's going to eat you up. You've got a little bit of a problem. You need to be able to disconnect from that and say, well, do you know what? That ain't happening today. I'm going to do this instead, and I'm going to come back to that tomorrow. As we mentioned earlier, there are times when you, it's a case of get a coffee down, you suck it up, get on with it. You yeah, know, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you might just be being a little bit lazy here or whatever. But if you know yourself, you know the difference. I know the difference between me just being a little bit lazy and me actually going, I'm genuinely listening to my body here. I could do it a little bit longer in bed. I could do a bit of mobility work today. And like Harris mentioned, sometimes you'll get into a mobility drill and it'll feel great. And you might well, actually, actually, I am going to do it because I feel really good. I'm ready. And you go. It was or, that say is a lot of people do ask us that question. How can you tell the difference between just being a bit lazy, which, you know, the human body is naturally lazy, <laughs> and, uh, and genuine, like, I'm fatigued, tired. Well, first is kind of have a quick review of your week, your sleep, how much stress you've been under, how yeah. much work you've been doing. That's a, an obvious one. Um, kind of mental state and then secondly you kind of know your default mode like uh, just having taught millions of fitness classes and you know there were some people who were just you know kind of I call them like the rabbits in the hair uh, sorry the tortoise in the hair right some people were very much like oh do we have to like and you kind of know if you're that sort of person and some yeah. people were like what we're gonna go five minutes yeah bring it on you know let's so do like, six yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you kind of know whether you're a tortoise or a hare uh, and, and then finally my fi- last bit of advice would be get the trainers on, get going, and, and just, just see. And, and yeah. you'll, you'll kind of go, do you know what? I do have this in me. Like, be really honest with yourself. Um, but those are the three tips I would give if you're kind of like, I don't know if I'm being lazy or... Yeah. But are we done? I think so. I think right. we've, we've kind of, like, I feel like we've covered a, a broad... We did say we will do uh, another episode on this, um, uh, basically on kind of training goals and cover nutrition. Uh, so we're going to look at... Well, uh, we said we were going to do an episode a bit more specific to the marathon because yeah. it is that time of year where, you know, people are preparing for London Marathon or other marathons, um, which, are, you know, believe it or not, there's more than just the London Marathon. Yeah. Um, but but the London one's a bit of a biggie. So, you know, we're going to talk about kind of like maybe the, the adaptations, the changes that I've made, maybe uh, principles that you can follow in your own journey because, again, you know, anyone who's preparing for a marathon you know, is at a very different um, stage in their journey. They have very different goals. Me, I'm very competitive. If I'm going to do a marathon, I want to do it properly, you know, which is why I've given myself the crazy goal of a sub-three-hour marathon because that's how, that's what motivates me. You know, the thought of just jogging a marathon to be a part of it, I would do it and I'm sure I'd have a good time, but it doesn't motivate me in the same way as like, right, I'm going to prepare for this good and proper. I'm going to give it 110% and I'm not just going to do it. I'm going to do well. You know what I mean? I wonder if there's a gene for competitiveness. Maybe. Definitely got it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I remember that time we done that uh, sports day thing. Oh, God, yeah. A charity sports day where it was like egg and spoon race. 
I was and like talking tactics with yeah. you. Like, <laughs> you need to be free, the three-legged race. Three-legged race, everyone was like, I'm not going with Matt. There is no way I'm going but with Matt. <laughs> match my hand. We won. We did win. <laughs> <laughs> we nailed that three-legged race. Was there um, space hoppers or was that and something else? Yeah, there was that, yeah. Space hoppers. Won that anyway, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but again... If you that, are out there organising a charity sports day, Matt is your man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't invite me. A team for um, food. No, but, but, the, but again, all of this comes down to knowing yourself, what motivates you, you know, what makes you feel a sense of reward, what's going to get you excited about something. And, you know, this takes time, you know, and luckily I've been doing this for a while, you know, so and I've learned a lot of these lessons the hard way, you know, normally through injury, not listening to my body, being ignorant, thinking that I'm invincible, you know, which was for a while but you <laughs> know got to 30. now I've got a much more sensible head on my shoulders based on that because for me now as much as I want to run this marathon and do well I value being pain-free and feeling good much more so and I know how much it eats me up and frustrates me when I am injured and I can't do certain things so I'd rather not go there you know and that's why the big thing here is just listen listen to your body and you know have the power of adaptation to to make those changes along the way to ensure that it does work for you and you don't hurt yourself because injuries suck and as i say in yoga sometimes i'd admire you more if you if you stop and uh rest well that's it isn't it no i was gonna say give, i was gonna say give up that's the wrong way of putting it <laughs> things with me like i'll, I'll like uh, if i had to stop for, through injury like during the marathon like probably be the, the guy who's like running off at like mile 12 like crying oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do see a hundred kilo man sobbing no, 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 none of this like i'll just the walk the rest side. of it malarkey i'll just be there bawling my eyes out no you being interviewed on bbc i'd make i'd make you walk so guys um that's a wrap hope you enjoyed any questions as always please 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 get in touch if you haven't left the review on itunes please do so good or bad you know like we say any feedback is is good feedback um and yeah like i say keep the questions coming in because it gives us ideas for topics to cover on on the podcast so big love to you all thank you once again for listening and we'll see you in episode 97 Bye bye bye